1: because we had big plans happy friday by the way we had big plans for today the day you're listening friday we were going to be in austin for a meetup for tomorrow saturday was going to be radwood austin we were incredibly excited it was part of our trip
0: south with our cars of the past and then everything changed yeah it sure did well due to weather radwood was canceled well it wasn't canceled it was postponed Mm -hmm. to april 23rd yep So that meant because so many things revolved around our time in Austin with Radwood that we were forced to postpone our own trip. So we're pivoting. We're doing something entirely different. So fortunately, we weren't too far down the road, but we had indeed left. Yes. We were in our cars Mm -hmm. having lunch. We stopped and had lunch Uh and checked the email and then suddenly realized we've got to change plans here. So we weren't too far, fortunately, but Mm -hmm. we had already started on a trip, which meant we had to turn around and come back home. And so here we are. The Cars of the Past trip has also come out. The very Mm -hmm. first episode, Cars of the Past, is on YouTube on our main channel. And thank you guys for commenting already. Comments are the best thing because if you like both cars, if you like one of them, that's totally fine. Or if it sparks some memory from when you did that trip too, or if it inspires you to do your own trip Mm -hmm. from San Francisco up to Seattle. We definitely welcome that.
1: And we love how many of you have commented and seen it already. Please watch it and share it. I I just kind of want you to paper the world with it. I I want that piece (laughs) to be watched a lot. We're actually really proud of it. I've seen a lot of road trip pieces on YouTube. YouTube, I feel like most of the road trip pieces on YouTube revolve around we're going to an auto parts store. I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I mean, they do. <laughs> they, they, we're going to go to an auto parts store. We're going to fix something in the parking lot. And, and what we wanted to do was do something that felt grand yeah, and felt, okay, yeah. We're gonna the, the point of this is to do the drive and to talk about why we drive. So it's a different vibe than I feel like I've seen a lot of road trip pieces. I hope you really enjoy it. A couple of people have mentioned it felt like our old films, Pilgrimage and mid the Mountains, which I hadn't even thought about at the time. Yeah, that's a good point. But it is similar to those. So we'd love for you to watch those. Speaking of that trip south that started to happen and didn't, <laughs> we left here in a snowstorm on our all-weather tires. Yeah. We did about, well, almost 300 miles yesterday on our all-weather tires in our rear-wheel drive old cars. I got some looks I passed some people on less than plowed roads, and they yeah. were shocked that I did it. And please don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't doing it because I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be this amazing guy. I was just like, the car's feeling confident. I can do it. I'm going to go through here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go th- along this area. Everybody's comfort level in the snow is a personal thing. I'm not judging. But it was amazing how, as we drove and the weather got worse, we discovered the comfort level of those cars. And we we did some serious driving yesterday in spite of the fact we didn't go to Austin. Yeah, the tires turned out to be superb from Nokian. So thanks, Nokian, for supporting us on that. We will still go south. That's still going to happen. We will reschedule that for later in the year. We're still going east. We're figuring out where we're going east, and we're still going to go north. There are a lot of trips happening. We're going to try to have meetups around all of those trips. We hope you guys will join us. But in the meantime, please watch the current West Coast piece. We're excited for the next one.
0: It's just not going to be right now. Simultaneously, the Infinity QX60 has dropped on our Test Drive channel too. So, if you're shopping, if you're interested, we were a little snarky on that one as well. So, catch that on the Test Drive channel. Comments were made. Yes. Thanks to our TV sponsors, CoverCraft. You can use the code Everyday22 for 10% discount and free shipping. And also griasgarage.com. Use the code E Driver 15% off liquids, and 10% off everything else. I don't think I told you
1: yet. I know I didn't tell the audience. I finally used that metal chrome polish cleaner thing that I got at Christmas and thought, hmm, this sounds interesting. Oh, I did you? I used it on the, the metal pipes of the Z. When I bought great. It, is it not? When I bought it, the exhaust pipes were pristine. And I am well, not a man to be polishing exhaust pipes. You've been driving it's, the it's car. It's not going to happen. You've been and so they've car. steadily gotten worse and worse and worse. So I went out in the snow. I mean, it was snow on the ground. I just laid down. and I already had snow gear on. I was like, screw it. I'm going to lay down.
0: Forced your son to pop. No. I didn't. No, he wasn't around. <laughs>
1: okay, I, I, Just an easy spray on, wipe off. I, I am certain that someone more skillful than I would have done a better job than I did. But what I liked about <laughs> it is the fact that I didn't do much. And they look worlds better. Sprayed it on, wiped it off. Was
0: like, wow, that did improve it. And we're done. Well, that's fantastic news. All right. Well, also, thanks to Haggerty for their Drivers Club, Drive Share, MotorsportReg.com, Garage and Social, and of course, Insurance. Big thanks to PowerStop and Nokian Tires, too. Nokian Tires is helping us out with the Cars of the Past road trips. We now have an auto parts partnership with CarParts.com. CarParts.com is the smarter way to shop for auto parts. Their fast, mobile friendly experience makes it easy to shop for the parts you need when you need them. Just enter the year,
1: make, and model of your vehicle. Start shopping and start saving. It's that simple. CarParts.com stocks their own inventory, cutting out the middleman and passing the savings on to you. And they're offering even more
0: savings for our audience. Whether you've been in a collision, working on your project car, or need to catch up on maintenance, visit CarParts.com slash EverydayDriver for 10% off of $100 or more on select brands. Get the right parts right now at CarParts.com. We have a couple of great debates... First from Kevin P. in Michigan, who is trying to avoid boringness, which I didn't know was a word. It's not. But you know what? I I relate, Kevin. We're going to solve that for you, for sure. (laughs) All right. We've also got Clay K. in southern Indiana, who's asking us what sounds like a good fit for him. He's been Mm. through seven cars in the last three years. Wow. All of them Facebook junkers. And so we need to fix Mm -hmm. his problem. We do
1: need to fix his problem, for sure. He's actually really young. I'm amazed how many cars he's gone through in a really short period of time. That's
0: exciting. No kidding. Well, Kevin P. writes to us. He's enjoyed listening to the podcast for a while. Kevin, thanks so much for writing. He's now ready to get our input on the next vehicle. Mm-hmm. They're in West Michigan. They love the snow, and they've okay. used snow tires for years. He All said right. they work, even on a Mini Cooper. Yes, they work like crazy. Thank you. Please spread yeah. the word, because you know what? Snow needs winter you tires. Need tires. It's crazy. He says they also have some nice twisty roads for sports cars. It's great news. They have a litany of cars that they have owned. Mm-hmm. So he and his family, Ford Escape, Volkswagen Scirocco from 1980. That's so cool. Oh, more Jettas and Jetta sport Wagons. Four Jettas total. Two non-sport wagons and two sport wagons. They are Jetta people. No kidding. Well, they had an 09 Mini Cooper 6-speed. That was a daily. 01 Porsche Boxster S, 6-speed manual. This is yes,
1: this is stuff they currently have, yeah. Summer.
0: Yeah, that was the track car. Also a 1980 Porsche 911 SC, 5-speed manual. Yes. What a car, he says. I agree. And then a 1973 MGB four-speed manual they've owned for over 30 years mm. and have done an extensive restoration on it. So we're
1: selling the MGB. Oh, wait. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, <laughs> exactly. no, no. That's, all the, that, that's the first with the list of this car is not going anywhere. But I always look at a car like that and go, yeah, and anyway. So again, to recap, here's what they own.
0: A 2010 Volkswagen Jetta Sportwagon TDI.
1: Mm-hmm. That does not include the ones they've had prior. That right. is the current the, This is the current ownership. <laughs> yes.
0: The Mini Cooper, the mm-hmm. six-speed. The 01 Boxster, the 1980 911 SC, and the 73 MGB, okay? So five cars, but they're getting rid of the 2010 Jetta Sportwagon. Who wants to buy this car?
1: I would like to reiterate, they are getting rid of one car, They're keeping the other four. Keeping it, yes. The Mini is used as a daily, as is the Jetta. So we're replacing one of the dailies. The other are fun cars. I applaud you for having the time and the space to have all these cars. We've joked about this before. If we all had unlimited money and space, we'd all be Jay Leno. We don't. For sure. But you have five cars, and we're swapping out one that is one of the dailies. That's cool. Well, then we're going back up to five cars yes, once so, we uh, get the new car. We're going to briefly have four cars. Mm-hmm. There, will be, there <laughs> might be a day or two when we drop from five to four. Then we're right back up to five. It's, <laughs> the world will reset itself. I promise.
0: Exactly. Well, this new replacement vehicle will be used for daily use, traveling and camping. They like to kayak. We have found our canoe people. Not so, the other canoes. So, but so the, cano-
1: the kayak people. So we're are- buying Subarus. Well, Wait, actually, we're not. We're he actually not. specifically
0: says no supers, which I find funny because they are kayak people. Anyway, yeah. He and his wife would like to have something with higher ground clearance for driving to trailheads or vacation in the Rockies. Okay. They've been hampered on past trips with the inability to navigate backcountry for hiking. Okay. And his minister would like an SUV. He's partial to wagons. But no, wait, he loves sport wagons and mm-hmm. shooting brakes. Mm-hmm. He also does most of his own maintenance and repairs. He said At a heated pole barn is a wonderful thing. <laughs> okay, that's excellent. where they keep all the cars. That
1: is where they keep all the cars. Well done. Yeah, that's where they sit.
0: They also tend to keep their cars for a long time, which is good. So they only buy pre-owned cars. Mm-hmm. The only exception was the Ford Escape. But, Kevin, you need to be open here. That might change based on the current car market. It might behoove you that's an interesting to point. buy
1: new. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Might actually sure, yeah. save you money.
0: Mm-hmm. They want cargo capacity with rear seats they said should not be significantly less than that Jetta sport Wagon
1: With the seats up. Specifically, with the seats up, yeah. Which has actually got quite a bit of room in
0: the back. For sure. Well, their children are grown, their family now consists of the he and his minister and their 45-pound dog. Mm-hmm. Gas mileage is very important. Okay. It's third on the list of specifics. Handling is important, too. He doesn't want something that handles like a truck. He says he had a Wrangler a few years ago as a rental car and did not enjoy it on the road. <laughs> not
1: where it's good. Yeah. Not not where it's good. I think there's a lot of people in the world that they're like, oh, we're somewhere cool. Let's rent a Wrangler. And they never off-road it. And they get right. the rental Wrangler and they never
0: off-road it. And they will probably never drive a Wrangler again because mm-hmm. that is not the place it's good. Well, they also like diesels. They've had two TDIs from Volkswagen, really enjoyed the torque and the gas mileage. I hear you. The future doesn't seem to be... Yeah. Diesel.
1: Mm, yeah, diesel diesel is, is more bygone than the manual transmission, honestly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of which, they like manuals, but they probably will do an automatic. They won't do a CVT, but they would like a PDK. So they would like a dual-clutch if, if they could get one, yeah, but certainly no CVTs. Okay, I like this so far. It's really good. Not opposed to a hybrid, needs to be a great driving experience. For a budget of up to $40,000... Kevin prefers smaller and more nimble vehicles. He said, it'd be great to find a smallish SUV that handles well. Mm, That got me thinking when I read that. Okay. Now, even though they enjoyed the Mazda 3, they prefer European vehicles. They had a 3 for a while and liked
1: it. Yeah. But they prefer the handling and interiors of of, uh, European vehicles for sure.
0: All right. So here's the options that Kevin has explored so far, including the Ford Bronco Sport. He loves the looks. He says it's pretty capable for light off-roading, which you're right. Mm-hmm. But the downside there is cargo space and fuel economy. Okay. Yep. He also mentions the Porsche Cayenne. He loves them, mm-hmm. but the diesel require, requires oil changes every five thousand miles. That is a lot of maintenance. Well, that's what Kevin writes. Mm-hmm. You see, Kevin, even though Porsche's owners' manual for most of their cars can state between ten and twenty thousand miles for an oil change. Most Porsche nerds, me, <laughs> like to change at 5,000 miles or less. Yeah. 5,000 miles, I consider like, ooh, we're getting up there. Time to Everybody's give it different. It is
1: funny that, that Kevin's like, wait a minute. Why am I doing it this often? I do think <laughs> that's interesting because you're right. Most of them don't require it, but, you're, but right. at the same time, most Porsche owners I've ever talked to are like, what are you talking about? I, We have a Cayenne. Yeah. We replace it once a year. That's when the oil goes in. Roughly about 10,000, 11,000 miles to exactly. get an oil change. That's Yearly what we do. Yearly
0: is a good rule of thumb nowadays because of what most people do for their driving and how modern engines can handle it. But 5,000 miles, I'm like, ooh, that's the upper end. It's funny Let's It's funny that, oil that, out of that he
1: looks at it as that's a lot of maintenance. And you're right. There is the perspective of like, why did you go to 5,000? Why'd you go that far? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I hear you.
0: There's no... You're not wrong in following the owner's manual for anything. No, not at all. But when it comes to Porsches, it's an entirely different world. (laughs) They've also considered a very rare car, the Jaguar F-Pace Diesel. Mm, I don't think I've ever even seen one of those on the road. I have not either. He's concerned about reliability there. Understandable. Okay. He also mentions Land Rover, which he loves, but he'd only buy an old one for a restoration project. Not for a long trip, not for a daily. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Mentions Volvo XC60s and 90s. He likes the looks and interior, but he says fuel economy is an issue there, too. Which tells me they're really wanting something on the higher end, like mm-hmm. 30 and above.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. That's going to be hard. Okay.
0: Keep going. Now, they're open to Kia and Hyundais. He likes Audi A4 all-road wagons. His wife is cool with that. But no Subarus. As Todd mentioned before, both their daughters have them. They're great for them, but not for us, he says. Okay. He's hoping to avoid a boring, commonplace SUV that is dull to drive. Looking forward to our ideas. (laughs) Well, you're right. I mean, the Cayenne is the logical starting point because, really, any Cayenne is just going to be fun. It's going to be interesting and engaging past most SUVs. It depends on the spec and the trim Mm -hmm. and the power Mm -hmm. level. The fun only goes up from the base model. It does, yes. But you wouldn't be wrong, even if you did the diesel, 5,000 miles, okay, that's a I think a minimal trade-off mm-hmm. for the fuel economy that you could be getting. And because it is a diesel, it's going to be rare, but somebody's probably going to want to get rid of it. Possibly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're out there.
0: I mean, there there are the rare people that have discovered the Cayenne diesels. They are a gem mm-hmm. and they're very powerful. It's similar to that Touareg V10 diesel. <laughs> <laughs> that thing had.
1: Don't buy that. Close don't buy that.
0: Seven hundred pound feet of torque or five hundred pound feet. Yeah. I mean something absurd. Do not buy that. Don't yeah, don't, <laughs> don't buy it. Don't you dare even go looking for them because they exist. That's the problem. And then you'll think V ten. Somehow diesel. Somehow the, the
1: very early Cayennes were unreliable. And somehow when they quit making them, because I have I, we have a twenty ten, my wife and I, and that's at the end. It's the end of the point two. It's the end of the first gen. They didn't even make an O seven. There was 03 to 06. No Cayenne at all for 07. They stopped it completely. We're thinking. Restarted in 08. 08, yeah. 09, and 10. That was the end of, of the first gen. The The early Cayennes were known to be quite unreliable. Somehow the Toregs were worse. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> and, and what's funny is every now and then, you, you guys are wonderful because you send us posting about what about this car, what about this car. And every now and then somebody will send me some sort of posting for some crazy cheap 06 oh. Cayenne Turbo oh. for like, you know, old beat down Corolla money. And I'm like, run away from that. So
0: interesting to me. It's fascinating. But... And then
1: the big V10 Toregs that are there, that's like, where is that? That is, it's the Toreg equivalent of the Phaeton. Yeah. It's that kind yeah. of rare. It is the Phaeton in four wheel drive form. I mean, big four by four form. Yeah. Run away.
0: See, I've been completely warped by having a Money Pit 928.
1: Well, and a Money Pit Maserati, too. Yeah. Well, that, too.
0: (laughs) I am ruined forever, so I look at things like, oh, yeah, okay, so you'd have to dump money into it, like all cars, right? (laughs) No, actually, I'm the only one. Not like all cars, yeah. (laughs) All right, well, I love the Cayenne. I also love the Porsche Macan, but I get the idea it might not be enough space for you. I'm wondering about that, too, yeah. It could be an interesting choice. Cayennes are great. I recommend them. Highly. Yeah, twenty ten on oh eight oh nine, but certainly twenty ten on up for forty thousand dollars for your budget. Mm-hmm. I think you'd really enjoy driving them. They only get bigger in subsequent generations. Yes, and the space is great. I think they look great. They've aged well. I even think the first generations are those are the quirkiest ones. Mm-hmm. But the right spec is kind of interesting to me. That Trans Siberian. Trans <laughs> Siberian orange. I'm so intrigued
1: yeah. Kevin, I'm going to back up the Cayenne thing. I have a couple other alts as well, but again, I'm a Cayenne owner, and I would say a couple of things. You're talking about an SUV with ground clearance and a feel to drive and an interior that you like. This is the Cayenne. It's across the board. It's the Cayenne. They have fantastic all-wheel drive capability. And you get out of the first gen, get a 2011, 2012, get the beginning of the second gen. I would say, like, target, like, a 2012, 2013. That range for you is going to be really very viable. With your money, Mm -hmm. you have lots of options up to there. Just so you know, the second gen, the .2 started in 2015 and went to, like, 2018, 19. And then they're in the third gen now, back into the third gen, believe it or not. So I I think that second gen is the place for you. I'm going to say this about it, though. Diesel's fine. Why aren't you looking at the e-hybrid? Hmm. Because the e-hybrid is going to have less maintenance. The intervals are back to 10,000 miles. I looked it up because I was curious. They're back to 10,000 miles for the oils, not all intervals. Yes. The manual suggests (laughs) 10,000 miles for your oil changes. If you're worried about that diesel upkeep, here's a 10,000-mile oil interval. And the e-hybrid has similar power and similar gas mileage to the diesel. It's not quite as good. But it is, short of the diesel, it is the most efficient Cayenne made. And if you need it for short runs through town, you can actually run it. I think it's up to like 20 miles, all electric. So I yeah. think yeah. I, I think the, the diesel is kind of what you're liking, but there's things that, that hold you back. So I really go, what about the e-hybrid mm. for you? I really think that could solve your problem and get you the size of the Cayenne. I like the Macan a lot. I agree with you, Paul. The Macan is Porsche's hatchback. It is. I am yeah. going to oh, yeah. stand on that indefinitely. It is yeah. not an SUV that Macan is Porsche makes a hatchback. Yeah. It is their Golf. I hate to say it that way. The, oh, It drives a lot better than that's the Golf. Demean. I'm not saying it, but that's what it is. That's it is, derogatory. It is Porsche's Golf. It's Porsche's GTI. Oof. It is the probably the best driving small SUV out there. It is phenomenal to drive. It's probably too small for you.
0: Yeah, that's but it
1: puts me in the realm of my other alt. I was trying to think of some other alt for you, Kevin, and I landed on it. Okay, something with similar power is definitely good to drive. Has a wonderful interior. I think now the only problem is you probably have to go new. But I'm going to put it out there. This is why it's a wild card alt, and that is the Genesis GV70.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Genesis was looking over at Porsche when they made this car. The GV70, GV80. The GV70 is the Macan competitor. The GV80 is the Cayenne competitor. But both of those Genesis are a little bit bigger than the one they're looking at. Mm -hmm. So the GV70 is a little bit bigger than the Macan. It is excellent. It's great to drive. It has that good car-like agile handling. It's going to feel more like a wagon. It's actually, scale-wise, not that big. It has that same Macan thing where it's like, did they make a hatchback? No, that's an SUV. You know, it's mm-hmm, kind of a hatchback mm-hmm. size. GV70 is a real option here. The problem is they haven't been around very long, so your chances of finding an, a used one are probably pretty slim. They are. But if you got that yeah. in the twin-turbo V6 thing, you would be a
0: very happy man. That's a great choice. I love that. Kevin, I'm going to offer an alt as well. This is open mind time. Okay. This is open ears, open mind. I'm suggesting new. And you mentioned some ruggedness. I'm getting the idea you want some ruggedness. Mm-hmm. Some I don't have to worry too much about it. A little bit more off-road. because You're going you're, outback, aren't you? You're hiking. <laughs> so totally get a Subaru Outback. Thanks for writing, and we'll see you next time. Get Just a white cutting. one, please. Get it in white for sure. No, it is the Kia Sorento X-Line. Oh, okay, sure. Now, the Sorento does not handle as well as the GV70 or a Cayenne. True. It's intriguing because it comes with a 2.5-liter turbo at the top end with 311 pound-feet of torque Mm -hmm. and a dual-clutch transmission. True. True. Okay. That's it good. Has, the X-Line package gives you torque vectoring all-wheel drive, a center locking diff, one inch higher ground clearance. You've got roof rails. I mean, this is right off their website. An aggressive <laughs> front end rear X-Line <laughs> cladding. So it, it looks like it's a little bit of a sand dune mm-hmm. machine. It's a little bit of an off-road kind of Kia does a hiking boot. Tie, uh, kayak tie-down points. <laughs> kayak tie-down points. That's what they should have said. C D holder in the door. Now. Yeah. It says it gets 24 miles to the gallon combined, mm-hmm. but 28 for the highway. Okay, all right. The hybrid version of it gets 37 combined. However, it doesn't come with the X-Line package, which is what I think you should get. Yeah. That's
1: the smaller engine as well. We've driven both of these in the Test Drive channel, by the way. If you want to yes. look at them, you can watch them there.
0: There's a third flavor of the Sorento for 2022, oh, though. Okay. It is the plug-in electric vehicle version that gets oh, okay. 79 combined. hmm but there's no X-line package, and it's yeah. only a six-speed automatic. Okay. The reason I suggest this is because it's the car that you're not going to be precious with. It is the true the, the hiking shoe. True. It's almost like yeah. a slightly bigger Outback with mm-hmm. a Kia badge, mm-hmm. and I love it because the materials are different. It drives pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's again, no, not these other two. No, no, no. But. You're going to have to weigh that, and I like it because you get a pretty powerful engine with a dual clutch. That's what makes it engaging to drive. I see that, yeah. yeah, yeah. My last suggestion for you is way out there, but it's Macan size. It's that Acura RDX that we like. Oh, sure. But yeah. it's Macan size, and mm-hmm. it, it has its good points and bad points, but overall, mm-hmm. I like it very much. Well, and you can get used deals on those, too. That's for the sure. key thing about the RDX, sure. yeah. Otherwise, Kevin, you've got some decisions to make. Congratulations on that 911 SC. I love that car.
1: The other four cars in your garage are all very interesting. I think so it's fascinating. Cool. They're all staying. We're swapping out one to go from five to four to five again.
0: <laughs> if you've got a debate like Kevin's, write to us, TV at gmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and most of all, your car debates.
1: You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to
0: search just one website, unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car.
1: Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Clay is writing in from southern Indiana. He wants to know what's a good fit but he's not asking for a Honda Fit. I had to go there because I read it and it it struck me. (laughs) But the interesting thing about Clay is the fact that he is 19. So he says, uh, believe it or not, no minister of finance, not really much of a surprise. But uh, he is 19 and he is looking for a legit car because he's bought a string, seven cars through Facebook Marketplace, all junkers, all nothing cars, seven of them in three years, the highlights of which highlights mind you are the 2016 Malibu and the now 2011 Camaro RS so that's the V6 not the V8 Camaro those are the highlights of the seven cars he is now eyeing an EcoBoost Mustang he has money he has 25 to 30 grand to play with
0: wow i mm, i have so much to say about clay's situation clay says as the local cops can tell us he really likes his speed <laughs> What wow. is
1: your insurance like, Clay? That's going to come back around in this discussion. That's the biggest thing
0: on my mind what right is your now. your insurance? Well, he's writing because he knows there's more cars out there, but his options are limited where he's at in southern Indiana. He's wanted that Mustang for a long time, but after hearing about so many cars from the podcast, he had no idea most of them were remotely close to his price range. Okay. So he wanted to send over some ideas. He'd like to have something he could use as a weekend car and still drive to the track to get all that speed out of his system (laughs) before the cops find him again.
1: Clay, what do you do? What do you do for money? Because you're 19. You have many speeding tickets. You want a fun car. You have 25 to 30 grand to to spend. And you say you're going to the track on the weekends, Uh which is not a cheap pastime. I hope you can actually support all this. By the way, if you had a minister of finance, they would probably be shaking their head at you right now. But that's okay. You don't. You're 19. Let's have some fun.
0: There's potential of this new car being a daily, but he doesn't want to get dirty at work. Again, we don't know what you're we doing. We don't know, yeah. He says a pickup truck from the 90s isn't always happy with him in the morning. It'd be nice if it can't, could handle snow, this new car. But if not, he does have a truck.
1: He does have that 90s truck, but it sounds like it's a bit tired. It has morning. It does like, tired. why are you bothering me? Yeah.
0: Mainly, he just wanted to get rid of the Camaro because he says the speed is okay, but the baseline interior is not, and the <laughs> blind spots are just awful.
1: They are bad, unfortunately. They're very bad.
0: I hear you about limited availability, and Clay, this is now the time, because you've written to us that you're going to have to stretch a little bit. I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about your efforts to go into your next car, mm-hmm. to go find it, mm-hmm. to go retrieve it, buy it, drive it home. Yeah, I agree with You're going that. to have to search in a wider area, and you're going to have to take a little bit more time than just, hey, what's available around me? Because certainly Camaros and Mustangs mm-hmm. are there. But if you want to get a new experience, which I think you should do, something completely different away from that pony car kind of feel, Mm -hmm. you've got to search elsewhere, and you've got to be willing to travel to go get it. Take a weekend. to. Who do you know in another city that Mm -hmm. could help you out with a pre-purchase inspection? Or maybe you are buying new in, I don't know, Chicago, or you're going to Mm -hmm. Detroit, or you're going further than that. So you're going to have to be open to this because... I think I can speak for you, Todd, in saying that we want you to be in something lighter, smaller. Yeah, let's get a new experience nimble. in that
1: regard. I totally agree. Yeah,
0: it could be different drive wheels, and I've got a few suggestions for those. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start out. If you're at twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars, have you heard of the Toyota GR86? Yeah. Let's just start there. Mm-hmm. That is, you're right, obvious, mm-hmm. and it is excellent. We like it very much. The visi- I think
1: you would too. The visibility and the interior are going to feel good after the Camaro. This is not a luxury car. No. No? But the visibility is excellent, especially compared to that Camaro. And the interior materials are going to feel like a massive upgrade. For no other reason than the fact you have a 2011 Camaro. Mm-hmm. So base mm-hmm. interiors have come another 10 years since then. Yeah. So yeah. let alone the fact that this, I think, is just better than Camaro in general. I, that
0: You're right. That can't be ignored. The next one on my list is a Mini Cooper. I'm talking that's new. Good.
1: No, it's good. Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: But those are expensive. I mm-hmm. acknowledge. Yeah. Used cars have gone up; they've shot mm-hmm. right up. But if you can find something for your budget, which is still healthy enough to find a good one, yeah. as much Mini Cooper, hopefully John Cooper Works, as you can find for your mm-hmm. budget,
1: you have to get at least an S. The the JCW is better if you can do it.
0: It's an entirely different experience. Mm-hmm. Throw winter tires on it; you're bomb-proof. It's excellent in the snow. Crazy fun.
1: Lots of fun. We'll prove to you why front-wheel drive is is laugh-inducing yes. for sure. Yeah.
0: So is the Veloster N. Absolutely. Same category. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to go there with your budget, that twenty-five dollars to $30,000, remember way back when in 2014, 2015, we suggested the Subaru WRX quite frequently. We did. Yes, it's happened. I feel like the 2022 Civic SI has replaced that car, even though it's not all-wheel drive. That's an interesting But it's replaced it okay. as a great alternative, despite dealer markup, which we know is a pain, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that this car is so much fun to drive, manual, four-door. It's useful, practical. Economical. It's got yeah. a gigantic back seat. It does. And it's loads of fun to drive. It is.
1: It's well, surprising. Watch our, watch our test drive on that. And there's actually a TV episode coming to YouTube soon, which is that versus the Mark 8 GTI. Yeah. We've had a lot of discussion about
0: those cars. It's very, very good. I mean, the 10th generation was not on my list. It didn't impress me enough that Rev Hang sucked. It did. It was very bad. It was like Jetta Rev Hang. <laughs> but the new one. Okay.
1: That throws down. Got it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But the new one is entirely different. So I suggest that car, even though at first glance, you'd think, oh, I bought a Civic. Darn it. But then every time you drive it, I think you'd be smiling. That's good. Now, let's cut your budget for a good amount. Remember that $8,000 and under car challenge that we had? Yeah. yeah. How about a Z4 for half? Mm. As a matter of fact, that Z4 made me go continue to go back, and I found you a 1999 BMW M Roadster with 60,000 miles for $26,900. It's in tempting. Arizona. It's tempting. I I hate that that car's that much. I understand it's a lot of money for the much? car, but
1: it's in his budget. I hate why it's that much. I yeah. do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a
0: great car. It's mm-hmm. unique. It's fast. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Insurance is going to be more on that car, but it's old. So maybe there's o- an offset old,
1: there. Old is the key thing here, Clay, that you're yeah. really going to
0: struggle against. Yeah, But... If we're going to do that on the same website, which is Plaza Motors AZ in Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> As you do, yes. A year 2000 Boxster S with 65,000 miles is 199 mm. 20 grand for a Boxster, a Boxster S. Yeah, yeah that's 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 65,000 really miles. I think you'd really enjoy the Porsche experience. Even if you don't, you know, you don't fall backwards into the pool of Porsche like I have. Yes, you have. Even if you experience a new engine location mm-hmm. and it's 20 grand And I think you'd love it. I think you'd have a grand time flying to Arizona and buying it and driving it all the way back to Indiana. Mm -hmm. That's on my list for you because it's good. They're old enough that I think it would it would be helpful from an insurance standpoint. Well, that's mm, that's still performing enough that it's such a different experience than a Mustang or a Camaro.
1: That's excellent stuff. I've got some stuff to add to it, but Clay, I want to I want to take you down the road <laughs> into the unfun world of insurance and reality. Imagine here. an
0: unfun world where it's an unfun world.
1: Everybody's insurance. Bill You've is. bought terrible cars off of Facebook Marketplace <laughs> that were worth nothing, <laughs> right? And they're old, right? So there, there's there's a couple of things that are major factors in insurance for someone that's 19. If you're under 25 and you're a male. They want to, they're going to give you all kinds of trouble in insurance, especially if you have, <clears throat> hi, Clay, speeding tickets. <laughs> okay? So what helps you is you bought the car cheap and the car is very old. Mm-hmm. That helps you on your insurance. You've been buying old cars that are very, very cheap. Now you're talking about buying a twenty five dollars to $30,000 car, possibly even new. Mm. Before you mm. go down this road, Clay, I th- I, 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 this is going to sound like homework, and I know it's it is. Parachute but I'm, I'm is a being Very serious. Take the list of the cars that between Paul and I, because I've got a list coming too. The, the list that we've got between the two of us. Take the ones that interest you, and call up your insurance agent, and walk down them mm. one by one, and make a list of which. What are these going to cost me in insurance? Because I'm not even going to guess as to which ones are out. But I guarantee you there will be some on this list that are instantly off the list because the insurance is going to shock you. You'll be paying, in some cases, more on the insurance than you are on the car every month. And that is the wrong equation, my friend. As much as we love that you love cars and want something fun to drive. So you're going to have to do the insurance homework. I hate to say it, but before you get your heart set on something of, oh, I'm going to get one of those. What is the insurance? Add that EcoBoost Mustang. What? What's it going to be for insurance? The older you go, the better off you are. I'm agreeing with Paul a hundred percent that twenty-five to thirty grand puts you firmly in Boxster or Cayman territory. Now, a nineteen-year-old in a Boxster or Cayman yeah. initially sounds like an insurance disaster, but I'd be very <laughs> curious to know what your rates will actually be. And then there's the other right. part of the equation: you could go base and not S. True. And that's True. going to change the equation again. The one that Paul found is a year two thousand car. That car is over twenty years old, which mm-hmm. means it's way on the back end of insurance. True. You compare that. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if you if you went to your insurance provider with a Cayman S that you could afford at twenty five grand or a brand new eighty six. I I wouldn't be shocked to hear that the eighty six is more to insure.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I don't know on your zip code. It's
1: going to depend on zip code. It's going to depend on what are the crash records in your area. I'd be very Mm -hmm. curious. to know. you have to do this, this digging. You need to look at the MX five Miata. You're coming out of a Camaro. You probably have never thought of it, but they are cheap to ensure they will teach you good driving. Absolutely. They are lightweight. They are, Very inexpensive to buy and own and all of those things. It will teach you good driving habits. You can't ignore that car. Paul already mentioned the 86. I'm concerned about that new car insurance. We'll see. But you'd like it after the Camaro. There's nothing wrong with the EcoBoost Mustang. I just think let's get something different than the pony car thing that Paul talked about. I have two others. One is, why not a WRX? You mentioned the Civic Si. Let's go WRX shopping now. Are that we talking is new. No, probably not the urus looking one. No, probably not. Even though I do want to drive the body panel cladding thing they've done, it's
0: like even taller body panels with even more mm. cladding. Yes,
1: well they looked at it on the Outback and said, keep that the same size. Let's put it on a smaller car. <laughs> that that looks good. Let's put let's just put that on everything. I just want journalists to let's, say cladding. Let's just clad it all. Let's uh, even yes. more cladding. Yeah. Okay. So an older WRX now. Don't get a, don't get an STI. That is an insurance disaster for you depending upon the year and the age of the wx you might be okay but i keep circling back to the insurance and then the other one mm-hmm. i thought of mm-hmm. 350 or 370z they're out there mm. the guy that had the 350z we had in our $8000 car challenge was a really young guy he still lived at home he was i think he was late high school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he had a 350z he bought it for like 9 grand i think just before we shot he bought it for 9 grand and he was a guy that drove fast everywhere. He's kind of a kindred spirit to you, Clay, honestly. He had a 350Z. Yeah, He had a, a very normal job for a high schooler. So I, I think that the 350 is a possibility. If you could upgrade to the 370, great. Watch what happens to the insurance. But again, the 370 has been the same for a decade. If you buy a 10-year-old one, it'll help you on insurance. But it almost got the same car if you walked in and bought a brand new one now. 370Z. That's pretty good. Something in here is going to work for you, Clay, but watch out. (laughs) Call your insurance agent and just say, I need a a block of your time. Want to go to lunch? (laughs) I just need a block of your time. I have a list of cars. Let's talk.
0: Every winter, we find ourselves tracking snow, salt, and grime into our cars. Thankfully, Covercraft has a variety of floor mats to keep you winterproof. Covercraft floor mats and cargo mats are custom fitted to your exact
1: car and include the original equipment security grommets if applicable. They're the perfect and durable way to
0: protect your car's carpet and add style and comfort to your interior. Plus, you can choose from many color and material options to complement or contrast the interior colors of your car or truck. Covercraft is sure to have what you need. They offer plush carpet, Berber carpet, or even sheepskin, which is warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Whatever mats you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY22 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com. Right into questions, we've got one from RJ Tartinsky, who asks about our cars of the past series and says, did we ever try to or think about tracking down Todd's original 300ZX or my nine twenty eight. Mm. Perfectly honest, the thought didn't cross my mind because of the awkwardness, because of the weirdness. Really, first okay. of all, where do you start? Sure. Okay, sure. VIN searches fine, mm-hmm. but then when you're approaching somebody and you finally you know find an email or a phone number, what do I say? Mm. I had that car. I want it again. Sell yeah. it to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it would be, even though we were obviously not done with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's you hear sometimes feel good stories about cars coming back into people's lives that were the same car. It's awesome. Yeah. Very circumstantial, very happenstance. I just I don't know. I th- I think it would be I wanted to try something different. In my case, I wanted a different engine. I wanted the earlier model years. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't an interference engine, a little bit less maintenance. <gasps> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong.
1: Gasp. Watch the YouTube piece. I'm telling you, and there's more coming, but watch the YouTube road trip piece. It gets discussed at length.
0: <laughs> but the biggest reason is because I think other owners, I would be too critical. Why didn't you take care of the car? Why didn't you do this? Mm. You modified it. Why did you do that to it? Mm. What on earth were you thinking? How come you didn't take care of my car? Well, it's not my car. Mm-hmm. They're entitled to do whatever they want to that yeah, car. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to be surprised in a bad way. That's interesting. That's okay. Why. Okay. Hmm. Maybe, maybe they didn't I, do anything. Maybe it's perfect maybe and it's they awesome. restored yeah. it. But ah, I, I'm scared to think, wow, it's, it's kind of probably a pile now or it's sitting in a junkyard somewhere. Or, mm-hmm. Nobody really took care of it how I would have. And the paint scratched. And all the effort I put into the car to make it nice mm-hmm. was now mm-hmm. discarded. And it didn't mean what it meant to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I fear.
1: Interesting. I didn't for different reasons than that. Okay. I was aware when my car, when I sold that car in 2010, I can't believe it's that long ago. I sold that car in 2010. I sold it for $3,200. I remember that. It was was on on its slide toward the junkyard. I hate to say it, but it had over 160,000 miles on it. Was it that high? Yes. Oh my gosh. It was an automatic non-turbo. Those are the reasons I didn't look it up. I wanted something Uh. with less than 100,000 miles and I wanted stick shift twin turbo so Mm -hmm. that car was instantly out and so i'll now piggyback on what you just said there's a part of me that just i don't even want to know how that car ended up because i i feel like when i got rid of it and i was hanging on to it as best i could i feel like when i got rid of it it was beginning it's you know that slide that cars have where it only gets worse from here you either dump money into it and i i feel like being bought for thirty two hundred dollars in los angeles with one hundred and sixty thousand miles i feel like it was at the beginning of its slide so i don't even want to know the story on that car anymore. probably made its way into a movie series called Fast and Furious. and Maybe. It's, it's, the, star it's of the third show. car on the left. yeah. <laughs> Philippe on Instagram says that he's uh, looking forward to the first episode of the new challenge because we asked for these questions before it posted. I hope you've seen it now. And yes, we did re-edit it somewhat for, for more YouTube content, so I'm glad about it. I hope you will enjoy all of the road trip episodes because, again, we just decided to do four <laughs> this is not by the way this is not the smart youtube model i'm aware the smart youtube model is we found a new series and it's doing so well we should do more of that we just decided to do four big road trips and we're hoping that people come we're just lighting the bonfire and hope you want to sit around it but so there's that so thank you for hopefully watching it but your question is about the gr86 brz he's asking what is up with the ducktail oh yeah this because is a great the question. ducktail sits on top of the trunk and creates a double seam Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's because, and you can speak to this better than I can Paul, but it's because of the fact that the duck tail is a piece they added on. Now why they didn't add it on with a little bit more material, I'm sure it's cost. So you could go to a seam line and hide it better, but you can get the trunk without the duck tail or they,
0: with the ducktail on it, yeah. Well, yeah, they had trim levels to, you mm-hmm. know, differentiate. Yep. So it's more of a marketing move. But ultimately, the two separate pieces are two different materials, and therefore two different manufacturing processes. Good point. And that ducktail, you cannot pound that out of sheet metal. Pots and pans mm. are about the deepest draw stainless you can do that you can manufacture, sure, or a sure. sink. Okay? okay, a stainless sink. That's a that's called a deep draw. Mm-hmm. And the press for that, you're stretching the material. You're stretching the steel. Mm. But for a thin ducktail spoiler like that, the only thing you can do is a, uh, injection molding for that. Sure. So you can't do a steel trunk lid and then an injection mold part without mm. having them be two parts. You can't do that ducktail without encountering massive, you know, tears in the metal and, you know, massive part failures. <laughs> that was happening to the the Bangle 7 series. Mm. The corner mm-hmm. of that trunk, because it sat proud on top of the bodywork as a separate piece, it didn't line up with anything, and that was the point. Mm-hmm. But there was tearing in that aluminum right there, wow. like massive rejected parts. So mainly, it's for manufacturing purposes. A great question. GMet98 says, what colors should he order as mach in? Well, I am kind of partial to that Cyber Orange Metallic. Okay. That's kind of flashy and fun. Got an electric car. It's a Mach-E. Just be careful of people walking past eating donuts and grumbling. That's not a Mustang. <laughs> That's happened.
1: That's happened for sure. Up is asking, how would we save the internal combustion engine? This is this is a faux situation. It's fear of electrics. It's it back, is. folks. He's saying, you know, we're all headed toward electrics. Of course, there's much discussion about the death of the gasoline engine. I think it's around for a bit. By the way, I, just, I do too. I'm putting it out there, it's around for a bit. But he's saying, okay, hang on. Alternative fuel, carbon recycling, some sort of reclamation project back into gasoline. How about hydrogen making the engines run on compressed air? No, no, no. Lots of things being asked. Well, how would we save it? I I think. There's going to have to be, and I know Porsche's already working on it, but I think we're talking about synthetic fuels. I don't mm-hmm. know what they're made of yet, but I think we're talking about synthetic fuels is the way to have something to burn in the future. Because what you're dealing with is not just saving the internal combustion engine for cars they might want to make in the future with one. We're talking about 100 years of these have to run on something. The back catalog of cars is the bigger thing about where do you get something for this to burn. I will also say this, and this is the thing that nobody seems to mention Mm. in electric cars. Mm. There's a lot of parts of an electric car that are made from derivatives of petroleum. Yes, there are. Let's just start with tires. But all of the plastics, stuff going on in all of those crazy fun computer chips and the screens and the surrounds and all of the stuff in there. If you want to horrify yourself just look up products made from petroleum. Just just have a fun day at oh, Google. Yeah. Just oh, look yeah. up that list. You will shock yourself. I, I promise you, because every time I've looked at that list, I've kind of sat there and, and just shaking my head at it. There will be products on that list you had no idea had petroleum in them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. while, yes, just straight burning it in an engine is an issue and may become harder and harder to get oil, we're not going to stop using oil because we went to electric cars. It is used in so many products. You will never drive again. And the petroleum products just involved in your phone and your computer would shock you. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not
0: going away. We're going to have to keep using it. So what do we do about cars that burn it? Austin Johnston at 63 says, what are the major unwritten rules of the track? Oh, I thought of one. Go on. Did you? okay yeah, I thought of one. For me, every driver's meeting we've ever been in, it's not the track that dictates this rule it's the club running the event that day and it's about passing Mm. that's always a big subject matter that comes up and passing rules can change per run group yes because the better the the drivers get in Mm -hmm. the later run groups they know you know okay you don't need to do point buys anymore and i'm going to pass you at will Mm -hmm. but that means your driving skills have to increase your awareness and your driving skill. You can't just wait for somebody to be on your bumper and then finally you notice them and then you give them a point by you've got to be watching your mirrors constantly, Mm -hmm. but this is addressed in the driver's meetings. And this is why there are driver's meetings because you can dictate, okay, is there passing on both sides, right and left? Are we only passing on the left? Do you have to give point buys that has to be discussed at the driver's meeting? And that is per group running the event not per track i don't think i've heard too many tracks that have this is how we pass on track maybe there's particular corners that it wouldn't be safe to pass on the inside on the right let's say so they say okay whatever you guys decide this the rules for this corner still apply or only passing on the back straight and the front straight, or only passing on you know these sections of track whereas in a race it's all open baby (laughs) you're diving for every corner. And that's why we love formula one. That's why we love IMSA and racing because everything is open, but passing is a huge one for any kind of run group, any kind of event being held. You've got to make those decisions first. So people in that run group know this is what we're doing. And that's just a, a safety rule. Austin. I was thinking about this. I was trying to think about
1: something that I'm aware of the collective group coming down on if it happens, but nobody talked about it prior. Mm, okay. And I'll give you one. Okay. You don't drift in a non-drift session. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because because you can go to the track and you can go to a drifting session and it, we're doing drifting and come out to Thursday night drifts or whatever. That's a totally different thing. I'm not talking about that. And certainly drifting has happened on pretty much any track you can think of. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a high-performance driving event, one of those days, and you're in the intermediate group, nobody's supposed to be drifting any of those corners. <laughs>
0: And, and, and here's the funny true. thing that yeah. happens.
1: Nobody says this, but everybody knows this. That's true. If you are the yeah. idiot that starts drifting in a corner, somebody's going to call you out and be like, what are you doing? Because everybody else out there is working for grip and for speed and the fact that you got your car sideways for fun. Now, sideways for accident is a different conversation. I'm saying you're the guy who's trying to see how long you can throw the rooster tail of smoke around the corner. That's not what they want Yeah, if you're in a tracking yeah. session. <laughs>
0: Eric Gunn on Facebook asks, what are the best and or worst comments and questions we've received (laughs) regarding our cars of the past from people in real life, not just online? Okay. Whether it's at a Cars and Coffee, just getting gas. Well, the one that irks me the most is when people see the 928 and they tell me it looks like an AMC Pacer. Ouch. That just... That's happened? Uh, That has happened. Oh, no. Yeah, that's totally like an AMC. Have you seen an AMC pacer? (laughs) Have you looked at one lately? Because no, you haven't. You know what the pacer is? The pacer is
1: a little kid seeing the 928 and trying to draw it. That's what the pacer is. Yeah.
0: This is nowhere close. Look at these surfaces. Look at the proportions. I'm sorry, but you're wrong, and I'm going to leave the conversation. Because that's just... No. Do you think Porsche was looking at the pace? Do you think <laughs> Do you think the design team didn't have this one in hand?: That no. is funny.: That's just been like, yeah, uh, that rubs me the wrong way.
1: That's very funny. I'll tell you the one that's happened to me multiple times, to the point that at some point on video, I'm going to, have to put these cars side by side and talk about this. The 300ZX is one of those cars, and I'm excited about this. It's one of those cars that people have a story. Oh, you know, I knew so-and-so who had, Uh my dad had, or my best friend in high school, or, you know, I always had one of the, there's a story that everybody has for the 300 z which I really, really like. And I also am shocked by the fact that the 300ZX seems to be timeless enough that I meet high school kids, current high school Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. Their parents probably met after they stopped making the 300ZX. Let me just put this in context, okay? (laughs) And they walk up to the car and they just walk around it and just, Open mouth, that car's awesome. I love that it's that universal, which is really, really cool. But I've also discovered this, and I didn't realize this when I had my first one. There seems to be one random factoid that everybody knows about the 300ZX. (laughs) And I think the less somebody knows about cars, the more likely this is the only factoid they know.
0: Oh, I know where you're going. I have gotten into
1: multiple conversations, including in the drive-through window in that car, where somebody's like, oh, you know that car has the lights from the Lamborghini? Yeah, the Lamborghini, <laughs> totally. and, and many times they don't even know what Lamborghini. It's the Diablo, by the way, and so the comment is, "Do you know it has the lights from Lamborghini Diablo?" Mm-hmm. That is only partially true. <laughs> okay, because they're not. This isn't
0: offensive. It's no. just not quite right.
1: And but but it's it's the thing that everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. Technically, the Diablo and the 300ZX share headlights. However. What's going on here is the Diablo when it was introduced had pop-up headlights and then they changed pedestrian crash standards and you could no longer have pop-up headlights so Lamborghini, small bespoke company, has to figure out how to get lights that look like they might work for the Diablo. They went looking (laughs) and they got to Nissan. The lights didn't come from the Diablo, they came from the Nissan and they went to the Diablo. Yeah. And if you're ever near a Diablo, make this little notice that the lights look a little odd in the way they're in the body because Lamborghini made sure that the hood covers the top about 15-20% of the light is covered up by the bodywork because if you look at a 300ZX that top 15-20% is where the light actually says the manufacturer on it Nissan in the <laughs> glass so the bodywork of the Diablo covers up the word Nissan and you're like so then I wind up in a drive thru with a guy going you know your car has the lights from Lamborghini Diablo you're like nah. and I, I at one point my son said to me why don't you correct him I'm like is it really worth the trouble? Is it, do, do I need to have this whole conversation now? I, what I like is the fact right. that the guy looked at the car and went cool car
0: scene, right? No, you're absolutely right. Well, we've got a que- couple of questions about pilgrimages mm. to two different places. Joshua Robinson says, He knows we've mentioned a Northeast meetup. Any chance of coming down to Virginia at VIR? We would love to. No plans at the moment. But we've also got a question from Michael G on Facebook. Any plans or thoughts to come to the UK for a mini pilgrimage? Plenty of driving roads and great tracks in the UK. Want to go to Wales. Oh, yeah. Want to go to Wales. So funny. I was just chatting with Chance about Michael Andretti's bid for a Formula One team. Mm. And, you know, talking about he can afford the $200 million fee. Just just to... (laughs) Have a team. I picked the career. Okay, sorry. Go on. And we both thought, well, if you're going to be in Formula One, you have to go to the UK. Mm. You have to be in the UK if you're part of Formula One. That's Mm. just part of the deal. This is where it happens. You you don't build it up in America. You Mm -hmm. don't build it. No, you just go to the UK. (laughs) So of course we would love to no plans right now. the reason is we've got to get past the first one As the world comes back to normal. Hopefully Mm -hmm. that we've got to figure out the ins and the outs of the first one before we can just say, Hey, you know, carte blanche, we're going nuts. We're coming everywhere. And it's tough because we have to put them, sprinkle them in among our TV and, uh, and shooting. So, don't get me wrong. We absolutely want to. The desire is there, but we can't do meetups. You know, all the time. It's just we, we have to totally. juggle our schedules. I it's would love
1: to go thing. to the UK. My my sister. I have I have one sibling. I have a sister. She's a little younger than me. She lives in the UK has for a decade because yeah. she's a dual citizen. She was born there when we lived there. I, all of my memories. From 10 and less, all of my memories, my childhood memories are all England. So I have a very soft spot in my heart for it. She obviously lives there and loves it. Mm -hmm. I would love to go see her. I would love to drive in Wales, which I've never done. I'd like to have that terrifying moment of why is that sheep so close to the road. I'd like to have that experience. I also would like to drive. Seriously. (laughs) I'd also like to drive that great. It's like 500 miles. I'd like to drive at least some of the huge coastal road that Scotland made. I want to do some of that as well. I would love to do this. Uh, Michael, I don't know who joins us for it. Obviously, UK fans would join us. I don't know if anybody else would come for that. I don't. We'd have to just start at ground zero and set it up. What's nice about, to Paul's point, the pilgrimage that we are that is coming up. By the way, <clears throat> you were listening, and it is a week away from sign up. Yeah, March fourth, the sign up for pilgrimage will open, yeah. and it's only going to be open for a month because the dates are coming at the end of June. We're going to we're going to really compress everything. The sign up is coming. We're putting all the stuff together back back behind the scenes. The point here is we've done pilgrimage to Germany and Belgium before we know how to get that ramped up quickly. We'd love to add
0: more. There's a lot of logistics for us, but it's not off the table. I think last question is to you, Todd from Nathaniel G. Uh Oh, Nathaniel noticed in our TV episodes and what he likes is we don't have a recap of what's happened so far in the episode. Every time we come back from a commercial break, Mm. which gives us more time to talk about the cars. Why do so many other car shows or other shows Do this years back. If you came in halfway through a show, you'd have to watch it all over again to see what happens in the beginning. Seems like such a waste of time. You've heard commentators in the middle of a race say, Hey, if you've just joined us, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Here's what just happened. It's a little bit helpful to viewers, but he's asking, you know, going to you as the, the primary editor.
1: Well, the first few seasons of the TV show we actually did instead of doing recaps, we did coming up because we know we're headed toward a commercial mm-hmm. and this the, all, what you 're talking about is the plague of channel surfing that's what you're talking about yeah. because yeah. and of course, now you know most people skip commercials or you have a dVR or you aren't even watching it on on a system that gives you commercials or you have an ad blocker by the way, ad blockers hurt the people that make the content I'm just putting that out there because <laughs> <coughs> this is how we make money yeah. but the the interesting thing is. Once channel surfing became a thing, like a thing that everybody was doing, once you hit a commercial, you lost your audience. and Or they have just bumped into it right now coming out of commercial and they haven't even watched anything prior. This is the reason for either of these. We used to do a coming up. I wanted to tease for the last five or ten seconds something that was coming in the next act so you came back after the commercial. That doesn't always work. We ended up stopping doing that because I just wanted to put more content in. So I stopped that completely. But the I don't want to review because, you know what, I want to assume that you were watching.
0: Mm-hmm. If yeah. you just joined us, point.
1: then that, that's the reason why our acts of television are always labeled. It's always the, here's the beauty and interior act. Here's the handling. So if you just joined us, we're going to talk about handling right now. Uh, what we talked about prior, sorry you weren't here for it, but this is something that has become a plague, if you will, in also reality shows. Because we want to, we want to get you into the drama. We're about to go to commercial. So let me show you one little piece of drama that somebody's screaming off camera that's coming up next act. And then we come to the beginning of next act. Did did you hear the person that fell over at the beginning of last act? You didn't see it, but let me show it again because it's funny. And now we'll move forward for more. It's just
0: regurgitating the drama. (laughs) You're right. Okay, I lied. I carry five, five, six is asking what car manufacturer has the best looking current lineup Mm. and best currently produced singular car. I carry, thinks the Audi lineup is the one as the best overall, okay. best manufacturer, and the McLaren 765 is the best looking car currently produced. You might think I'm going to say Porsche, but I think you're right. That McLaren is absolutely spectacular. Looking, yeah. But have you seen the Artura that's coming? Mm. It's entirely new. It seems like it's just yet another, maybe 570 replacement or something else but the entirely new chassis with four different kinds of carbon fiber and it's actually hybrid. <laughs> but nevertheless, the surfaces on that thing the Amira is not quite out yet. It's gorgeous. And sure. it's going to be the only thing in the lineup, so that's kind of That's kind of a, <laughs> a big shot. Only there to yeah. make. Mm-hmm. And the Gordon Murray Automotive T50 is not really done yet. I think that's pretty spectacular. But I'm with you. The McLarens are just spectacular. I, I love. I'll how give they you look.
1: my favorite lineup. Now it's only three cars, but my favorite lineup across the board. All three cars are gorgeous. Alpha Romeo.
0: They the do 4 great C work. The 4C
1: looks great. The Julia is gorgeous, and so is the Stelvio. They all they stand out. They look like the brand, and they all look unique
0: in the market that they're in. That's absolutely right. I love it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.